Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Primal, which we'll be talking about tonight. I'm your host, Alec Bonilla, and today I'm joined by April Collins. Hi there! And Sarah Potter. Hello! Uh, today, we are discussing the first five episodes of Primal that have aired on Adult Swim recently. Um, you can find more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app by searching for Overly Animated. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Overly Animated. But yeah, we are talking about the, the five episodes of Primal that aired over um early october um titled spear and fang river of snakes a cold death terror under the blood moon and rage of the eight men this is uh, a, the latest project of gendy tartakovsky animation veteran who we have covered previously on this podcast with samurai jack uh, he's also done uh, that's Deuce laboratory symbiotic titan the hotel transylvania film series so he's got a lot of projects under his belt and this is the latest one um, and it's a unique project <laughs> that we will talk about. Um, spoilers for the full season. Also, this is a not safe for work podcast uh, as evidenced by the subject matter. So we, we may let off some cursing. I don't know. But yeah, so just with those warnings in place, we'll start with the general thoughts about how, how you're feeling after the five episodes. Uh, April, let's uh, go to you first. Uh, how, are you, how are you feeling in general about Primal? What are your initial reactions? So, initial reactions, I'm a little bit more into this than I thought I was going to be. Because, um, you know, like, all of um, Jendi's, like, previous works I was a huge fan of. Um, especially Samurai Jack. Like, I loved Samurai Jack. Uh, so, and I knew that this was going to be different, and because of that, I was worried that I wouldn't like it, um, but I ended up, like, really, really enjoying it. Uh, it's so well animated, and I love that there's essentially no dialogue, um, throughout the entire thing, um, and it, like, tugged in my emotions in ways that I didn't think that it necessarily could, especially towards the end, um, but yeah, I was I was really really impressed. Um, it appropriately aired on Adult Swim, which is good, evidenced by the first episode alone. Um, despite the fact that there's you know like no sex, cursing, or you know any of that, there's just a lot of extreme violence. So uh, I guess like just my initial thought is I'm I'm overwhel- like I'm overwhelmingly impressed. Nice. Okay. High, high, high praise to start off. Thank, thank you, April. Um, Sarah, how about you? How, how, how do you feel about uh, Primal? Um, so I like, mo- I like pretty much all of Gendy's stuff. Like I watched, uh, I've, I loved Samurai Jack. I loved his Clone Wars series, the Star Wars series he worked on. Not yeah. the uh, 3D CG one, the 2D animated <laughs> one, which was really cool. Um, but uh, this is kind of, I think this, I think this is the stuff that Gendy does that I like less like i really enjoyed this show but i really enjoyed the really hyper stylized nature of samurai jack like the the episodes of samurai jack i remember the best are the ones where like they really go into the abstract the most like that episode where it was like the white and black warrior and like the sun and the shadows and like they were disappearing and appearing in the light and darkness and it's just really out there and there's not as much of that in this season it's very much just gore and there is emotion there and there's real emotion between the characters and I felt that 
but I never really got connected to the like kind of artsy fight styles that Gendy usually has. This is more just you really if you're not connected to Fang and Spear, like you're not gonna like get this show. I don't think. Well, yeah, I think that's that's a point to make, and I think that the fact that there's no dialogue kind of means it's hinged entirely on the fact that you gotta have a connection to. Uh, either the style or the characters, but like one or, or one or the other is important. But I mean, like it, it, in this show, I, I think what I'm trying to say is like this show, it's not realistic, quote unquote, but like it's it's more just that there's not that like abstractness that he gets in his other works, I don't think. And I kind of like his abstractness. I like when things get a little weird and unclear of what's actually happening. But this shows like there's actually like kind of set rules or physics don't get really warped to make something look better or different it's just the closest we got to it was the scene with the velociraptors when the shadows kind of stretched towards them as they were like menacing and moving towards him in that circle at the end of the chase like i really like stuff like that where like he stretches animation to make it look different than it actually is to give a feeling and i really love what kenny does with that and there was a little bit less of that in this series but it was still good it's just not what i usually expect from him i guess is the way to put it Okay, okay. And uh, we'll we'll probably talk a little bit more about uh, realism and uh, how, yeah. how that affects the show. Um, I will just say my general reactions is I, I quite enjoyed this series, although my major thought while going in is, like, how, how does this exist? Because, I mean, yes. obviously you know that the, the reason it exists is because Gandhi is such a unique um, personality in the animation industry that he gets trust that no other <laughs> that no other animator really is able to get uh, after so many projects so he can just be like hey i'm gonna do like a violent no dialogue caveman series and uh, adults are just like fine sure <laughs> like we trust you to do it and like nobody else almost nobody else i think would get that kind of latitude so this this exists so like that that's like my main thought just like wow like we're th- this ki- this kind of animation is being allowed to air like as a full se- as a series um, but at, at, as for the show itself, I think that it is definitely captivating. I, I would agree with April that it does uh, do well with the making uh, connections to Spear and Fang. And so by the end, um, it is able to pull some, some emotional strings, which is considered more impressive in that there's no dialogue. Like it's all done fi- physically and there's a lot of, uh, there, there's just movement all over the place. It also at the same time, does take its moments of silence. It kind of reminded me of, of Ghibli films in that sense, where it was okay sometimes just letting things be quiet for a while and just let, letting, you know, stuff. There's not a need for things to be moving in action all the time. So I, I enjoyed the, the balance that they that they struck with it. And the, the creature designs in general were, were pretty interesting, especially, I'd say, episode... Uh, the one with the bats uh, was quite oh was yeah very, oh very, yeah very, uh, good in terms of uh, designing using your your setting of uh, prehistoric times to the best use possible like with combining it with the medium of animation so I I think that this is a very a very solid solid uh, thing if I have a, a gripe it's that the stories themselves are a little bit simple and you can pro- you can usually predict where it's heading from the beginning of the episode but I think that it's executed well enough that like you're, you're fine watching it through even if you know where it's going to end up but you still enjoy watching the the action that gets you there so yeah I- Primal good show. <laughs> 
I actually think the episodes that are most straightforward in like what's going to happen in the episode are the best. Like just like the ones where you clearly have a through line of what the emotion you're supposed to be feeling is. Like I think like the first episode is maybe it's easy to say that that might be the best episode because the emotion there is very easy to understand and you don't have to have you don't have this complex story. It's just lose family, fight for your fight for revenge. And like, it's just that emotion and nothing else. And I think that's just easy to get across with no dialogue or easier. Yeah, that, 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 that's yeah. fair. That first episode, especially, uh, I was thinking more of the second episode where it begins with uh, um, the uh, dinosaur and uh, and spear fighting over who's going to hunt. And you know, like, oh, okay, they're yeah. going yeah. to figure out how to hunt together. We just got to watch them like stumble through. I think, <laughs> I think that episode's, suffers because you know what's gonna happen from like the first minute like right, like episode right. one yeah you don't know what's gonna happen until like a few minutes in like it gives you time to sit on the, the setting a little bit this first second episode kind of like shows its hands like right away and i think that's really frustrating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, yeah it, in in general i think it does a, a good a good job of, uh, of oh, yeah. taking you through uh, through beat by beat um april how, how do you feel about the storytelling that this uh, show was doing um, I really, I, I, I was comfortable. Uh, I mean, I never really, I felt like it was pretty, almost kind of straightforward, like you kind of said, um, in, in terms of like, because it's hard to really tell a story without dialogue. And so even though I guess the, it, the story is kind of plain and simple, um, it was executed very well, despite the fact that there was no, like, dialogue. I really liked, um, there was at least, like, noise, so you could kind of understand a little bit more as to, like, what the characters were feeling. But I think with the animation, like, it, again, it was... Uh, so very well done that um, you could pick up what the characters were feeling well and as well. So um, I I liked the story. I was very compelled by it. Um, I mean, I I won't lie. In the last episode, like I you know was like tearing up, which was extremely embarrassing because I was at work. <laughs> but <laughs> so they're like, April, why are you crying? And I'm like, shut up. I work is just so hard. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not a bitch i'm not crying over this but (laughs) (laughs) like but but i was like i I felt very compelled by it even like the first episode it kind of like knocks you like right away because uh you kind of knew like what like the the story was going to be centered around but you didn't necessarily know how you were going to get there like i was not expecting for you know um not just baby dinosaurs but baby people to die and like baby people baby people uh so or baby i guess cave people um were you know going to be eaten and that that they were going to show it nonetheless too um and like i knew it was on adult swim but like i was not prepared for that and i had like a lot of that like oh my like oh okay like but i guess at the same time like you know the characters um spear and fang would have had to go through you know those that type of loss in order to sort of you know build their bond it was a good basis for it Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's definitely a, a classic um, way to get get two characters together. We we have both lost our families, so uh, well, all we've got is each other. You know, classic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic move, but but it 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 
I mean, seeing anybody's family gone is sad, and I think that they uh, they expressed pretty well with Spear in the beginning of this first episode, like how broken he he already is. Um, there's that moment where, like, after the flash, they show us the flashback of like the woman and kids getting eaten. He like then goes up to the cliff, is like pur- like oh, purple yeah, skies, oh, and that it, was it, such a powerful scene. Yeah, like, it seems oh like he's gosh. gonna like he's thinking about walking off. Like, oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, right. Okay, so I I, I got the right, yeah. right, right message for that. No, because, like, I think the best part of that scene, actually, is the music, because it, like, crescendos up, and then it yeah. just releases at the moment he leans back and sits down. Like, it's just mm-hmm. such a good musical moment, too. Just, like, this tension rising of the music, and I forget what instrument it was, but it's definitely, like, a... I think it was, I think it was a stringed instrument, and it just, like... And, they, and it just releases, uh, and it's just so... It's so good. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's a... Uh, like, I don't know, like, it's such an interesting, interesting scene to include. Um, and like, it, I find it like, almost kind of like, mm, I don't know, like, it's unique that like, you, Alex, were like, oh, like, I wasn't necessarily sure what, like, what was happening in that scene. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, oh, no, I picked up on that. Like, he was, he was gonna, he was thinking about jumping. Like, so that's, <laughs> Like, but that's something, too, because, like, like, I feel like a lot of, like, scenes, like, where a character is feeling suicidal, like, it takes, like, the, I'm going to kill myself, like, I want to die, like, it takes those words coming out of their mouth for you to understand, like, the next sort of, like, set of actions, but for there to be, you know, the lack of dialogue, and then for people, like, like, I picked up on it immediately, I was like, he's gonna jump, he's, he's thinking about it. And so, <laughs> well, and, and, and like, as Sarah says, like the music is also do, doing a lot of work there, and like le- leading you, al- I, like trying to hold your hand <laughs> to get to that conclusion, right? Right. So, uh, like, just the 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 use of music and even like ambient sound, like, really helps. It, this this show, like, just just talking about this, it really makes me feel like Gendy like was really just experimenting with how much you need to tell your audience more than anything, because like I think that's a big part of like anime a big part of shows and media like the struggle of how much do i tell like how obvious do i need to be to make sure everyone gets it because like there's things where like when you're doing like representation like you need to have scenes of coming out or people just don't get it you know what i mean like yeah. it, you need to do it that way but also there's these scenes like this scene in particular so it's, like people just don't accept that this, that is what's happening unless someone says it like they they're like oh they just feel bad and it's just like it's not them being wrong it's just them or not them they're not understanding like there's not gravity or yeah they don't understand the emotions behind it so they can't connect and like get to there and that probably means that they've never had a moment like the one he's had or could understand a moment like the one he's had and that's not necessarily a bad thing it just means they didn't connect on the same level to it and i think that's interesting and i think this really comes this really shines for me most because like the end of Korra season one which it's been years so sorry spoiler to the end of season one of Korra <laughs> how but, dare yeah but it, it takes like it's really hard in that episode to like realize that like Korra almost commits suicide at the end and people I talk to do not realize that and it's just like because she doesn't say it no one says it but she does and it's just like it's it's crazy just how many things people don't it's just crazy how people read scenes differently when there isn't dialogue is kind of what I'm getting at mm-hmm. yeah and uh, and that's a good point about like uh, you're you're stripping down th- th- this show is a is in the 
the peak of stripping down the story as much as possible to get the bare bones of a story that's followable without any additional help from from dialogue like that that's an experiment and one that i think that this show successfully does for for i think it's i think it's successful but i think that like it's kind of it's kind of a gimmick it's like it's cool to say you did it but i don't think you need to do it like i think like there's a there's a there's a middle ground where it's just better. Like you need something for your audience to connect to at some point. I think. I suppose, but also at the same time, I, I mean, I would argue that this is um, like be, the fact that it is unique. I think helps it a lot. Like I, I get that we ideally you'd want a middle ground, but I think that there's room for this kind of stuff too. Where I it's, think there. Are- I think there is, but it's just like, 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 think about what, like, the closest thing I can relate this to is like Pixar stuff because they have a lot of silent scenes in movies. Like, mm-hmm. they have a lot of silent stuff, like Wally and Up. And like, the difference there from that to this is that in those things, they have a, they, they're able to give like a, a visual dialogue of things that we can relate to as people, as humans that live in this world. When Wally finds something that we know is a thing that we recognize from our world, we connect to that and we see that we understand the language that's being get it gotten across to us or in up when they get married or when someone dies like we connect to it but in this thing it's it's an alien world and there's barely any human-esque dialogue coming from the main characters and it's just it feels like it's just going to the limit just to go to that limit and i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying i think the experiment is flawed is probably the better way to put it. I'm saying that you don't need to do this in the first place. Like you don't need to go this far with it. I mean, well, uh, April, how 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 do Sorry. you feel about this uh, <laughs> argument? Um, I mean, I think uh, so. It's it's Pixar such an interesting, I guess, like comparison because you're almost in a sense between like like Wally for instance which has very little very little dialogue um and so i think it's like it's it's on a different sort of like level because you're you're comparing like a a children's movie to like an adult program and so um i think that kind of makes it hard because obviously like the kids movie is going to be slightly more like lighthearted. Like obviously it was a very serious subject matter and Wally, you know, the earth is dying and all of that stuff. And, but like, this is also, it's taking like a different part of like, I guess the human experience and portraying it um, in a different way. And I think, uh, I think it's bold and I can see how that can be flawed because it really was a risk to take, um, you know, not having any dialogue, um, and it being an adult swim show, which we, you know, we kind of all understand like what that sort of typical program looks like. And so it's definitely taking a risk, um, I think it paid off and maybe it didn't pay off for everyone, which I can understand because sometimes people want and need and crave the dialogue, um, not just to understand what's going on, but just because like, like, uh, this kind of makes me think of the movie quiet. Is that what it's called? Quiet place? Or I don't remember. Oh, quiet place. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it kind of makes me think of like that. So but, like, I mean, that movie had, um, sign language with subtitles at that's Isn't- true. Or what's the what's the movie with that John Kroninsky did? 
That's a quiet quiet place. place. No, okay, I'm thinking of two different movies. Have you done two quiet person movies? (laughs) Well, there's another one coming out, but there's also a quiet place two. Yeah, Yeah. but then there's a there's another movie where like the main character she's she's not only um like she's deaf and mute, Mm. so like it gets like it feels really awkward. Um, Is this Shape of Water? No, it's not Shape of Water. Okay. It, it's like, it's it's a scary movie. Oh, um, okay. So, but yeah, so like, it like it feels really awkward because it's so quiet at times because they put it from her perspective and you're literally just watching like the the movie without sound almost. So it, it like, it, it like it can be unsettling. And I think that, in like media where there's always so much dialogue and sometimes too much dialogue, it can feel like unnatural to not have, you know, characters being like, well, I'm really sad. I'm going to jump off a cliff or, Hey, let's be friends. Or, you know what I mean? Something along those lines. So I'm I'm not saying I want that. I want to be clear. Like I'm not saying, yeah, no, 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 no. But I, I would say that like, it was definitely a risk that was taken. Um, and, whether or not it needed to be done, I I really couldn't say, but I like I ended up enjoying it in the end Same. because yeah. So I, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the product. I'm saying the starting point was flawed. I'm saying that like I think he came at this in the wrong angle. Like and he got a good product out of it. I just don't think the experiment was necessary. Is kind of what I'm saying. I think that like it feels like Gendy was putting an arm behind his back just to see if he could at some points of this show almost. If that's, I guess that's the way I want to put it. Like it felt like it felt like there was less, it it felt like he didn't do things just because he wanted to see what would the show would look like. And it, and it was cool, but there's a reason the show is only five episodes. I think, I think it's only five episodes because there's only so long you can milk this. Uh, for 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 the record, uh, material before the show says that there are ten episodes out. These are just the first five, so there will oh, be another really? five episodes yeah. out next year. Okay, then I'm crazy. Like I guess, like <laughs> well, 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 okay, to be, to be fair, like I haven't seen the next five. To see what he does differently. Like this right, is just right, based right. on the first five. Like like based on this first five. Like these are all very similar, <laughs> and like I don't know if I'd be into it if it was just five of this again. Well, if that yeah, sorry, I, go ahead. I, well, I, I think, again, this depends uh, on your emotional connection to it, because uh, yeah. I, I would say that, like, at episode five, there's, like, a a, vi- a very big uh, marking point. Then it kind of makes sense as, like, a, quote, season finale of, like, okay, this big emotional thing happened. Now the next five episodes is seeing how, uh, how like, the aftermath of that yeah. person yeah. who was broken when we met him now is broken again. <laughs> so what's this broken? And I'm kind of excited for that. Like, right. I'm excited yeah. to see. Like, now that I know that, like, I'm actually kind of more excited in it. Like, I think I'm more satisfied with what I saw. Because, like, the way it ended felt weird to me. Knowing that there's more makes... Oh, for, for sure. Better. Like, the first oh, the yeah. first time I watched it, I was also under the impression that this was it. And I was like, oh, this is a, this is a weird place to end your series. Like, it's... <laughs> this it's, is such a dark place. Yeah, like, again, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, a brave thing. It's like, oh, look, prehistoric times, no happy endings. This is just life for the prehistoric man. And, like, I, I would I would be okay with that, but also... Also, it'd be, it's it's a weird place to end, but like knowing that there's more, it's like okay, well now we get to see like what goes on after this. That that's a different thing, and, and just uh, going back to the the idea of this 
maybe not being needed, but I think that this speaks to an overall argument of, okay, like, does placing challenges on yourself lead to create more creativity or not? Like, that's kind of a philosophy thing that exists, right? That, like, some people put challenges on purpose in order to, like, have find creative solutions. And I think that this show does that. Yeah, restrictions breed creativity and all that. Like, that's a thing. Like, that's a phrase that a lot of people use and live by. Like, like, if you're a creative person, it's easier to have a guideline than to have a um than to have a blank canvas like it's just easier yeah. that way and i get that and it, it just feels like some some guidelines are kind of unnecessary i think there was a world where this show was different and closer to something he'd already made and he didn't want to do that and that's understandable like like so many of his shows for me like i'm not saying this in a bad way kind of run together for me cuz he just has this very unique style very distinct and he has this very um, consistent, like, liking of this very smooth and silent protagonist. And I think he wanted to take a spin with that that was just different, that wasn't this calm exterior, that was more this aggressiveness. And I think that was just something he wanted to, like, it, it, it comes across like that's what he was really living in with this show, that he really wanted this aggressive male character instead of this, like, Samurai Jack type person. Mm-hmm. And like the the name of the of the show is Primal, right? So it's like kind yeah. of the, getting to the very very base <laughs> yeah, hu- human character <laughs> as basic as possible. But you know, <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm talking about this so much because I like this show, and I'm trying to and I like Gendy a lot. Like I'm trying to just dig down into like why this was made, really. Because like I'm talking, like I just want to make sure that's clear. Like I really like this show, and it's just I'm trying to figure out why Gendy made it because it just doesn't really make sense to me outside. But I mean, that's why I'm not Gendy. <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, and also like moving along with this first episode, I think that the, the human, the, the, what we talk about with pits are like there are things for you to latch on to that are common yeah. human experiences. I, I think that Gendy still manages to do that in, in this series, especially in this yeah. first episode yeah. with like the connection between like, he say, he sees the dinosaur family and he like is hesitant because it's like, oh, okay, there's a family there. And like that that's like a thing that even though dinosaurs are alien to us, but like that's still an experience that yeah. we as humans understand. So I think yeah. that, that that's an that's an important piece of like making this uh, foreign setting appealing to or underst- understanding to us, helping us to make emotional connections, even though it's stuff we don't understand. Yeah, and I think the first episode works specifically because he actually does bring in some visual language to understand in that I really think that the dinosaur that he befriends, Fang, is really based off cats. Like, it's really, like, the way that, <laughs> that Fang acts is very cat-like, very much, like, seeking out warmth, very much the way um, his tail, or I don't know, Fang's, it's a dinosaur. Yeah, it has the, a the tail. Way, <laughs> the tail. The tail goes back and forth, and, like, it, it, it sways. It gets, but I like, mean, playful. Yeah. And- yeah, I think uh, at the uh, the last episode, there's a moment where he's just jumping, uh, uh, like trying to catch the butterflies. <laughs> so, like, that, yeah, that's, that's so good. Yeah, it's it like, has it has like those playful kind of like moments, even throughout like the like all the episodes. Like Fang has like those cute little like playful moments, and like uh, the tail will like sway a little bit quicker whenever like it's excited. So you can like see like yeah. that excitement or whatever, you know, the anxiousness or whatever is like taking place. So And Fang kind of just wants to prove that he, they're the best. Like 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 Fang just wants to prove that they're better than Spear at mm-hmm. things. It just be like the better hunter and like just and and I'm pretty sure Fang in episode 2 pretty much viewed it all as a game. Like 
viewing yeah. it that like if, if I get more food, I'm better, and this is fun. Like this is all a challenge between us. Oh, in- interesting. I, I hadn't uh, thought of that interpretation, but that, that, like I think that... there is some aggressiveness, obviously. But I mean, like I think that that's just what animals do. They they view it. They don't necessarily see that it's like morally evil that that he's that that stealing food from another person. Like they're just hunting together. And, right, right. Yeah. And thing yeah. is better. And that would work off of the classic uh, man pet scenario that this, uh, this show <laughs> is using again. Like to that's something familiar to us, like how mm-hmm. man yeah. man and pets interact, and so they they use that to their advantage. And so it also make it makes sense if we apply other of Fang's actions to how pets act. <laughs> like the, the, that that makes sense. But, and so like this first episode, uh, in it, uh, and it and just to round out the emotional connection stuff of it. At the end, also we had like a spear just walking along the beach, and then what right behind him, Fang follows, and we get this moment of like him uh, of uh, Fang like laying down, like trying to prove that he's not being hostile, and spear like com- figures it out slowly, and like all that again is done without any like speaking, not even any yeah. grunts really, like just mm-hmm. just the eye movements yeah. and the physical of like him holding up his spear and then slowly like laying it down so all that is just it's impressive in how much information it's giving of like what these two characters are thinking about each other without a single a single noise coming out of their mouths yeah and i think that episode one is so good it's just so good at getting all that across just so succinctly like the scene where like i wasn't i knew that like they'd get along because I'd seen promotional material for this show. Like I knew that like the dinosaur and the guy were going to get together in some way, but like that scene where they did like was actually very well done. And it was very surprising to me that it wasn't just straightforward. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, like the the, fir- the first scene where they're really together is when these giant dinosaurs come up and yeah. eat the baby yeah. dinosaurs, and they begin uh, okay. fighting together. So this leads us to the other like big uh, calling card of this of this show, which is the the uh, the extra violence, like the fact that it's TVM because that. Yeah, <laughs> just like fuck those baby dinosaurs dying. Like I was so upset by that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was more upset about the dinosaurs than the kids, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the, the same... kids were eaten as like shadows, but like here we yeah. saw them as you know real dinos, and, and the, the, the dinos were being cute and like were like nudging yeah. up to to spear and be like, "Hey, be our uncle," and it's like, "Nah, be our friend, join our family." <laughs> Poor baby dinos. Yeah, yeah. So the dinos bite it here, and so as a result, the uh, spear and fang uh, bloody bloody these dinosaurs up. Um, how do you guys feel about the usage of uh, of the um, blood and violence in this show? Do you feel it's uh, gr- gratuitous? Do you feel it served its purpose? Uh, how, where, where are you guys with it, uh, April? Um, I feel like it served its purpose. Uh, I guess, like in a sense, because you know. I don't always necessarily like sort of like mindless violence, but if you kind of like take into perspective the fact that the show takes place, you know, in a more, I guess, primal time, then like, (laughs) uh, then like, like that, that this level of violence would be sort of expected or, um, 
I guess almost kind of justified in a sense, just because like, that's how you survive. Like it's not, you know, all clean cut like it is, you know, in modern times. And so um, I think like once I kind of got into that mindset, uh, I, I, I felt like it, it served its purpose. Um, and especially in like those moments of like loss, uh, you know, seeing or even in like the moments of struggle, um, it sort of helped, I guess, further convey that whenever, you know, again, a character isn't necessarily going to sit there and be like, ouch, I'm in pain, I'm bleeding, you know, especially like, um, what is it in the, the fifth episode, whenever, or was it the fifth? Uh, it was the episode. No, I guess it was whenever, um, like Fang gets up from something and like starts coughing up blood. Yeah, that was the last or, episode. Like, yeah, okay, that was the last episode. I was thinking, I, I literally watched them, like, one right after the other, so. <clears throat> they kind of do blend together. Yeah, I think they, the, I, they really do, so. which There's I, four I, arcs in each episode, but they do, they're all just a lot of gore. <laughs> yeah, but, like, again, like, I think it really, like, served its purpose and helped sort of, um, you know, further convey what, you know, we didn't have words to do, so. Okay, okay, I'm Sarah, any, any thoughts on that? The gore in general? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to make sure that's the topic we're still on. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the gore is, like, I'm not really, like, someone who likes gore that much. Like, I don't... It it, do, it bothers me, but not in the sense that, like, I think that it shouldn't be done. Like, it, like I watched the show fine, and I think, like, the more, like, anim- animation gore is a little easier for me. But the last episode specifically really, like, was, like, ugh. Like, with all this, the organs and the... And like the the body's cut in half by like um big ogre version of Fang with like the with the like uh medicine or whatever with the juice you know what I mean yeah 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 and it was like, tearing... like broken spines some some intestines flying yeah. around that that was like a bit more than the other episodes yeah <laughs> that one got that one went a little far for me but the other ones I was I was okay with like I liked that mm-hmm. and yeah. um and or not like but I I dealt with it and I was fine with it. But I think the biggest thing, like, that you touched on, April, is that, like, there's this freeing from, like, a moral code we get with this show. Like, there's no morals that the characters have to deal with because it's just, it's just, like, there's no laws or structure. It's just survive and get by. So, so Gendy is free to just have his main character be super violent and not be unsympathetic or unlikable because there isn't this moral code going on. They're all just animals and they could kill him at any moment. And I think that's, for the show's positive... Because there's all, like, in Samurai Jack, he got away with it because everything was robots, and they were all evil robots, and that worked out. Like, that worked for that show. Mm-hmm. But there is that struggle with super violent shows where it's like, how do I stay, like, relatable to a How do I stay relating to a character when they're killing everybody? Like, and I think the show succeeds at that because of just the lack of morality needed for it. Yeah, it just, and it just really sort of helps set, like... I guess, like, the scene and the mood of, like, the time period that we're supposed to be in. Or, I guess, like, the general idea of the time period we're supposed to be in. I mean, it's a fake time period because there's dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, we're not going to discuss that. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> the, the imagined time periods. Like, this is, like, technically fantasy because everything, like, because there's those giant spiders and giant bats and stuff. But it's also mixed with, like, real dinosaurs and real animals just that shouldn't have lived together. It's it's, it's interesting. The, the, that entire ape uh, secret society in the last episode is... That was quite, weird. It's quite something. But, uh, yeah, so I, I would agree with le- leading toward fantasy. 
Um, I, I would just say in relation to the gore, um, it def- especially in the last episode, it reminded me of Castlevania's usage of, of gore as well, because that one also, like, leans towards the organs and stuff when it decides to yeah, go there. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, like, uh, I, I'm getting used to animated gore at this point, and I, I think that this show was um, solid enough. I think that seeing um, Spear himself bloodied up a lot, like, gives you a, a better sense of of the fights that they engage in having having an effect as opposed to keep i mean he, he's already bordering close to being like a, like a superhero because he survives like so many falls and stuff yeah but at least yeah. like him getting bloodied up like helps it be like okay well at least there's pain involved in all of this so yeah no uh, they're constantly getting hurt yeah yeah so i i think that in that sense it, it's it's there's purpose um, I think that maybe TVMA is a little bit extreme, but uh, the rate of people, blood, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it could just be the the MA could just be from the kids dying. Like when you when you put kids dying in a show like on screen, like that raises the rating a lot. Maybe yeah, but those baby dinos were very traumatizing. I, I will I will give them that. Yeah, they were. <laughs> um, is there a specific episode? I mean, we talked about the first episode, but is of the other four, is there a specific episode that's that stood out to you a lot, or something, uh, something very specific about the show that it highlights that you want to talk about, um, April? Um, I really, um, I remember really enjoying Terror Under the Blood Moon. Oh um, yeah, like. It- I like I just remember being extremely captivated by the the entire episode. Um and I don't know what it is cuz I don't think that like the animation or like the art style changed, but I'm I remember feeling like I was like watching a comic book sort of very much come alive and I really just enjoyed like the excitement that I kind of got out of that. Um and I liked I guess, like, I really enjoyed kind of, like, you know, like, the action sequences and, um, like, like, all of it, like, combined together. Um, you know, like, them escaping out of the cave was really, like, like, because I was like, well, how are you going to get down? Like, you might as well just stay there. Like, <laughs> so, and then, like, you know, like, he went and, like, even, like, the, like, the giant spider's, like, design was really, like, it, you know, like, it seemed like lifelike, but like to a fantasy scale. So I just, I really, I liked that episode a lot. So I think that's my favorite episode. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that what I'm trying, what, what I think this kind of gets into what I was saying earlier about like the fantastical elements. I think this is the best episode because it's the most fantastical. Like it's the most yeah. like absurd. There's none of this, none of this is real. None of this could have happened in any of the episode, but it's just like, it has that Gendy twist to it. Like mm-hmm. the jumping from bat to bat while killing them. Like that's so good. It's so crazy. And I loved it. Yeah. Like I really get this episode is just, I guess fun. Like even just the start, we haven't mentioned like that start with the chase from the velociraptors. Like oh, that is yeah. so good. Like that, that whole se- the whole sequence was so well done too. Yeah. Like, because I was just like, oh, like, what's going on? And then I'm like, oh, no, this isn't a good situation. Like, I was there for the ride. So. Yeah, like, this episode, like, starts sprinting and just goes faster through the episode. And it and it even, like, wraps up really neatly by going back to the Velociraptors. And mm-hmm. I almost thought, like, we we're going to end with, like, like um just looping back to the same thing. They'd run out of the, the field with the Velociraptors chasing them still. Like, and they'd run into the sunset again. Like, it would just, it would just loop back on itself. Yeah. Like, I was kind of expecting that. I was surprised they did it, but it was really good. 
It was just but, like, I don't know. This episode was my, definitely my favorite. It was so good. And they still involve the opening at the end because, like, they, they lead the bats into that field. To to oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I was yeah. expecting they would still kill the bats, and then they'd be like, wow. They would take a breath and be calm, and then they'd realize, oh, the velociraptors are still here. They'd have to run sure, away from sure. it. Yeah. But I think that's just me, like, wanting, like, that symmetry in the episode more than anything. Well, it was it was very close. Uh, uh, although, admittedly, the r- riding off into the sunset is a hard thing. Or to sunrise. Deny it's sunrise. Or, or sunrise. <laughs> it all takes place in one night. It's sunrise. Right, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that 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 works. Yeah, uh, I agree that like this episode is just very because it leans into into fantasy it helps a lot with giving it a very unique environment it's a lot of reds and pinks being used because of blood moon uh, the, these bats themselves are just a very lovely design like giant foreheads <laughs> that kind of look like butts uh, they got really pointy i mean i guess they're just like bats in real life but just it's spanned like, like three, three x size yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the, that and like they're just blood red, and also you but, got like this weird ape, like skeleton people that are like just ooh, you go. And so. I think the best part of this episode is the part when that one like skeletal guy is dragging the pig and he's screaming, and you're like, you're clearly something bad's about to happen, but that tension before it <laughs> right, happens right. is so uh-huh. good. Yeah, I, I like that too. Like you could uh, you tell, like they, they could tell something was going wrong, and then Spears like, oh, okay, what's something? What's going on? You know, and you're uh, on the ride with them, so that was all good. Also, like with that that guy, um, when uh, Spear gets taken, um, there's a moment where like the it, the man, the skeleton man, picks up the spear, just looks at the camera, like, what do I do with this? And I feel yeah. like that's like one of the rare moment, rare moments of uh, of like out and out humor in this show it's interesting that like comedy isn't exactly something that this show is aiming for but i think it does a good job of sprinkling it in every once every once in a while the best comedic moment in the show happens in this episode it's when fang is trying to get to spear at the top of the like mountain thing and and they jump up and claw into the mountain. Oh, and you like, found that funny? It was it was heartbroken. <laughs> and there's that moment where like the dinosaur like where where it just like it like there's a freeze frame and it just slowly sinks down and like oh, the oh, head's yeah, like yeah. at a nice triangle. And I'm just like I don't know what it was about that scene of the animation. It was just so funny to me because it was just so it was so cat like and it was so just like fail like it looked like there was like the grasping of the claws and then the slow realization that it wasn't enough. <laughs> It was a good moment. I did enjoy that as well. But even in the in the action, there's a, a there's some like funniness too, like the symmetry of it. Like like you mentioned, like you enjoyed like Spear like jumping on the bats in the air. And, like at the same time that that's happening, like Faye is jumping on the, on like oh, yeah. bats' heads on the ground too. <laughs> this is like the timing as well. Also helps a lot. Be like, oh, this is cool and awesome. <laughs> Yeah, like, Fang definitely at times, like, imitates Spirit. It's really funny. Like, Fang tries to do things. Like, clearly, there are times when, like, uh, Fang will attack something, and it's clear that he's trying to imitate Spirit. It's just really good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Really Uh, cute. While we're on the topic of comedy, also, like, there's this moment in uh, in the last episode where they find this oasis. And oh, it's, yeah. Like, it's, like, oh. peaceful. But, like, also, there's this moment where, like, where uh, Fang sees a worm and he's very afraid of the worm. And, oh, yeah. And Spear's just, like, grunting at him holding the worm, like, oh, like, why are you yeah. afraid of this? I'm just, just gonna eat Just come here. Him. Like, see that it's not harmful. And, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's, 
It's like a comedy routine, but it's being done in grunts. Yeah, it's supposed to get to actual dialogue in the entire show. It's just yeah. so, it's very good. Yeah, so I, I, I really appreciated that moment too, before the shit hits the fan. But like, that, that all was very nice. So, just while we're on the topic of a comedy there. But uh, yeah, with Terra Under the Blood Moon, I, I definitely think is a, is a very strong episode. Um, you already mentioned that this was your favorite, Sarah, but is there another another thing from the show that you want to uh, specifically I, talk about? I wanted to talk about episode three, because I think this okay. is the worst of the bunch. I think this is the one uh, that I, I, I would I would agree. Yeah, and I think, and I and I kind of want to talk about why because, like, I think that's interesting because I don't think this episode's bad, but it definitely is like the one that because we haven't touched on it at all. We haven't even talked about anything from this episode. Right. I don't think. Like, and I think yeah. that's interesting because, like, there's a lot going on here that I think works. It's just kind of slow. Like, there's this long, like open... a mammoth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely like, and I think the most interesting part of this episode is it's really shot as if the mammoths are the heroes of the episode and that Fang and Spear are the villains. If you watch it, like they're really, it starts with the mammoths and it starts with the one losing the other mammoths. And it's always from their perspective until Fang and Spear kill the mammoth. And then it's, and then it switches to the people we know. And then again, we get the other mammoths and it's from their perspective, again, trying to fight the people that killed their friend. And I think that's, interesting and i think that's an interesting way to shoot an episode it's just unfortunately the mammoths are a lot less expressive than our main cast and like it's harder to connect to them like it, you, i do by the end but it takes a long time to get there because they're just so alien to us i think yeah it's, it's almost like they're trying to like introduce a new character yeah <clears throat> but it's like a character that was unnecessary and i think that I like I, I I agree that it it's not a bad episode, but it's it's weak for it was weak for me as well. Um because it again, like it's just so very slow. I had a hard time like paying attention simply because yeah. like I like like I think what like going back to like the sound aspect of it, like there wasn't a whole lot of sort of like ambient sound to keep me also like paying attention like I just found that I was just kind of like wandering within my own mind and then I'd be like wait what's happening like where did this kid come from and I'm like oh we're in a flashback got it like (laughs) and I think that's all on purpose and I think that's kind of like again what I like like I think that um the snow and the sound is supposed to be like you're supposed to feel like you're lost in the blizzard with them like you're supposed to feel like there's no real clear objective to the music or the or the or like you feel lost in this whiteness but it also means that the actual visuals and music are just a little bit kind of muddled in for my for me at least like it just feels like it's not as exciting to watch a blizzard of white like doing nothing you know what i mean but to watch like the blood moon with like all those weird formations of the rock and the bats flying through the air like it's just so much weirder and cooler well and i think that also like because this episode like every other episode is kind of like balls to the wall like yeah to finish so it, it, it's going very quickly like there's a lot going on but then we get to like this episode and it's literally in the middle of the episodes too and it's sort of like we were like at a sprint and then we immediately have to stop um is kind of how it felt for me uh like I had to watch it twice because like this is the only episode that I watched twice because I watched it the first time and I was like I don't remember anything that happened. <laughs> so then I had to go back through and watch it again. Um which then I was like frustrated because I was like, "Oh, like 
no wonder I wasn't like paying attention. But again, not because like I like it's a bad episode. I just like I just found myself just not paying attention because I wasn't necessarily like too invested in the story. I I think it just it 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 plays on all the show's weakest elements, I think is kind of what I'm saying. Like it just Yeah. It's it's there's not as much of the emotional connection between Fang and Spear. Like there, there's not really any part of the episode that's about them. Like they hunt down a thing, but like they're they have a like solid in relationship in that episode, and neither of them really get hurt except for Fang near the end. And there's not mm-hmm. really anything done with that. But like four has Spear getting lost and Fang trying to find him. Like two has their their relationships all about that, and so is one. And five is all about their relationship in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And three is mm-hmm. kind of one that's not, and I think it's weaker for that because I think they're the star of the show, their relationship. Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely point to that as the key as well. The, that that one has the least spear and fang, so it makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, this would be the especially the when of the like episodes. yeah, especially when the show is about like the two of them at this point, right? You know? and, yeah. and, and I would also agree that this kind of takes a different tone from the other episodes. Like, I would compare this kind of like a nature documentary almost because we're yeah. following yeah. the mammoths for so long, and we catch back up with them at the end, and we see their burial ritual, <laughs> which at this yeah. End, the and here we see the mighty mammoth right like it's kind of like begging for narration (laughs) it's like what am i watching but i think the biggest part is that all that stuff is cool like i think all this stuff in like all the elements of this episode are cool it's just they i think they just focused on the wrong stuff like they needed to focus more on Spang and Spear because we care about them. Right, right. Yeah. It, it just, it, it doesn't fit with the rest of the, of the product and so that's why it kind of brings it down. But like, it still looks really, really nice. Like them taking down that old mammoth together was That was a great cool. fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so there, there's still some good stuff to mine out of that. But yeah, the probably the, the weakest episode. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I already talked about the that beginning of the last episode where it's just like peaceful nature noises and Honestly, lots of color lots of I, silence it's nice just, yeah. despite how much i loved episode four i think that scene might be the best scene in the show like it's just so good it's just like just that quiet scene with them like chasing butterflies and going fishing and just like it's just this breath of relief it's, it's just this like release of tension for like for for maybe like half the episode and i just loved it a lot it was the perfect Yee. way to set up the action at the end that made it made me more anxious that because well, like I knew something bad was going to happen and I was just literally yeah. waiting for it the entire time I was like oh god like this this is a beautiful moment it's gonna get ruined how is it going yeah. to get fucked up like who who's coming like <laughs> yeah and definitely that's like that's hard because like when you're watching media like you have to decide whether you're gonna be like am I gonna try to read the media or just like enjoy it as it's showing stuff to me like yeah. and that's like a struggle I think and I think like I got better into the mindset of this is just a fun moment I'm gonna enjoy it and I got there. But then as soon as, like, the shadow showed up, it was just really, ugh. Yeah, like, it was I, just like, oh, no. I think I was right in between. It was like, I know that the title of this episode is Rage of the Amen, but is it possible that this entire last episode is just them being able to relax finally? And oh I get to gosh. watch this? Like, but, wow. <laughs> but, like, so, like, I kind I of... I have a good moment with these characters. Like, yeah, it's like, wow. Like, the I never get to see, like, the epilogue episode where I just see the guy, the characters relax after a full show of violence and terror. Like, <laughs> this is great. Of course, like, the second half of the episode gets back into wild uh, violent stuff. But, like, that, that first 
scene just feels very very relaxing and it, it feels rewarding in a way after yeah. having gone yeah. through the first four episodes so just uh, the the placements and the fact that again the usage of silence and like only leading using like the the noises of nature like a random bird caca in the background i think that that benefits a sequence like this and i think the best moment of the scene is just like because I think the best part is, like, they could have easily had them just get, like, knocked out when they were sleeping together on the beach. But with, they, they took the time to make sure that the audience knew that, like, Spear was going to tease Fang. Like, he was going underwater to make play, like, a prank or a joke on Fang. Like, to jump mm-hmm. up, essentially. And, like, the, the show made a point of making sure we knew that, like, this was going to be a fun moment. And that fun moment and their relationship was ruined in that time that he was underwater. It was a great like transition between there. Like it just, it was a transition like between like water and air. Like it, it was just a really well shot scene. I think it was really good. Yeah. Oh man. When you put it like that, it's so poetic. It goes underwater yeah. and the relationship is ruined forever. Well, because they even do like that sort of like, because you, they show him like above the water. Yeah. They show Spear above the water, and you can see like the rock and like where Fang is. But then, as soon as he dives da- back down, you go down with him, so that you can't see what's going on up there. And as soon as that happened, like I, I don't like that I knew yes, what was same. going to happen, but like I was still very much in that moment. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like. Thanks God. Even though, yeah, no. like, I already knew, but like, just like that, just that small like motion of us going down with him and then coming back up, like, was they very, very effective. Him. Yes. And we were trapped down underwater, waiting to see what happened. Just like Spear, and just added attention. Like watching this show, it really made me realize. Like I've always related Gendy to like fight scenes, and I think that's kind of wrong. I think Gendy's just really, really good at tension. Like yes. Because Castlevania is a fight show, and, like, they have amazing choreography. Like, For Love, Alex is, fu- is fucking incredible. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's one of the best episodes of TV, like, ever. And it's just, like, 20 minutes of action. It's, it's amazing. But this show's, like, the action is good. Like, it's serviceable, I think. Like, the choreography's fine. But what really is the star here is, like, the tension. Like, the tension of not knowing what's going to happen next. The tension mm-hmm. of what is, like, going to happen to the characters. And it's just so addictive and so stressful at times that it just it gendy is just so good at it and just the tension here of the camera rising above and just not knowing what we're going to find when he gets up to the rock but just just disappearing is just so good and i think that's why i don't really like episode five like second half of episode five as much because just so clear what's going to happen at that point there's no tension because you know that like you know the general trend of the episode at that point I mean, it's bold of you to say that you knew there was going to be a circle of gorillas battling each other <laughs> for rights to destroy you know what the I dinosaur. <laughs> like, I just knew like they were going to fight their way out, and I didn't predict the uh, Fang dying, but like I did know that they were going to fight their way out and they'd be fine. Like, I think that's sure, the problem with sure. episode two, yeah. right? There's uh, this episode two as well. Like, there's no tension there because we knew what the storyline was, but episodes one, three, and four, like. At least there was that tension there. And I think three has the tension too, despite what we said earlier about it. There's still that tension of what's happening, what's going on next. And I, it's Gendy is just so amazing at that tension. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you, you say Fang is dead. Is Fang actually dead? I mean, it's possible he's not. Like, it's possible that he's just hurt or Fang's hurt. That's April, true. do you believe? Um, I mean, kind of. But I also, like, fully believed like 
Um, that because also I also didn't know that there was going to be ten episodes. I thought there was just right. a five, <laughs> yes. and so hey. I was like, "Well, I already know how the show ends. They're both going to end up dead." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so like I was glad that I was proven wrong, but I was upset because like I don't. I don't know if Bang survived, which makes me sad. <laughs> so, but again, like, I guess, like, that, I'm, like, because I was, like, when I, whenever I found out that there was 10 episodes, I was, like, well, which then why like did we only get, ago. yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, but I found out head, yeah, but in my head, I was just, like, well, why like why did we only get five and then i was like oh no because and and whenever sarah was talking about like the tension i was like oh no this is tension because i don't know if fang's alive or not like i'm pretty convinced that yeah like i'm pretty convinced fang's dead but like who knows we could come into episode six whenever that is and like fang's alive maybe not in the best shape but it, it could happen so i I guess I just wasn't, there wasn't a lot of tension for me because I thought the last episode would just be some kind of like sad moment. And then it just cut off suddenly for me. And I was just like, hmm, that wasn't what I was expecting, but it wasn't a tension moment for me. It wasn't like a, this is tense, this is strange. Like it was more just like a, wait, that's it? Uh, like, I, like I was a little confused because I thought this was the series finale. And now like I have to go back and maybe I need to watch like at least like the last part of that episode again, just to see what my feelings are now. Cause it, it, cause I just, it colored it very much. that I thought that was the last episode. Well, I will say for a moment that I think is meant to be very emotional. The fade out was way too quick. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. yeah. He, he puts, his, he puts his hand up. on Faye and then it just fades. Like there's not even like a wail or a cry or anything. Like, <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's just his back. <laughs> We needed more emotional angst, is my, yeah. my opinion. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But uh, eventually, we'll we'll get around to it whenever those next five episodes air, probably next year. Um, just some other related info to, to uh, put here as we begin to wrap up. Um, the, the first These first five episodes aired as a, as a movie together in Los Angeles, earlier this year so it is eligible for a best animated feature oscar nomination anybody want to put early bets on this actually getting nominated i think I they're mean, also making a different are they making another movie compilation of this like isn't that a thing they're making well, it, it's well it's the same which is just the five oh, episodes yeah. stretched, stretched oh together. okay never mind yeah sorry but yeah so I, so I would love to see it at least nominated i think it i mean it was Again, I was like pleasantly surprised with you know how the show turned out, and I think it's it's very like artistic and you know well, Oscar like, worthy. Yeah, like <laughs> the, the thing that I thought like when the first episode is like this would make sense as like an Oscar nominated short. Like yeah, uh, I, I could tell this is like the kind of movie that that gets produced as a short, like a one off thing. You mm-hmm. get your Oscar and then you move on to other stuff. But this somehow got a bunch of episodes, <laughs> but. Uh, and maybe it'll get an Oscar. Who knows? But that was uh, smart to sort of like, I guess, premiere it as like a movie and then break it up into the five episodes. So yeah, I, I do wonder like if if we got, ever got the chance to watch this in a theater, like how well it would blend together. Because I, I mean, you April, you watch it all together, so I guess you have a better idea on this. I watch it night to night, but like, do you feel that this would work as a movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, like. 
Like, because I did, I mean, I watched the episodes, um, aside from, like, the first episode into the second episode, um, like, I watched them all sort of back to back to back to back, um, and I purposely skipped over end credits and everything just because I was eager to get into the next episode, but, um, like, I could see it being stitched in, the cuts might be, might seem a little harsh between the episodes, um, but I also wonder, too, if maybe there's, like, not like material that was cut out to serve the purpose of making individual episodes, like maybe just small transitional kind of things, if that makes any kind of sense. All right. All right. I actually have the opposite opinion. So I watched pretty much all these together, pretty much like, Oh, okay. I watched, uh, I watched all but the first one together too. And, um, <laughs> and I think that it's just like each episode is such a contained unit with such a contained story and arc that like, I don't think this would work as a movie. These are five arcs. Like, there isn't, like, one real story arc here, because after, like, the first episode, they have to have it, there's an arc about them working together. And then after that, like, the next three are just, like, Fang and Spirit are, like, buddies. They're together. Like, there's not more of that. There's no more of worrying that they're going to fight each other anymore. It's, it's, I don't know. It feels like it just, it doesn't, it, they're, they clash so much. But I'd have to see it. Like, I'd have to see mm-hmm. what they do to make it a movie. Because I feel like Gendy would do a little more than just stitch them together. Yeah, like, that's April. why I said, like, I feel like there's probably, like, material that, like, serves the purpose of combining it all into one. But again, was, you know, sacrificed for it's having, yeah, for having individual episodes. If it was but, anyone but Gendy, I would say that's crazy. But it's Gendy and he, like, totally would do something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's why, like, that's why I'm like, yeah, I feel like I, there could be things that I'm missing out on, too. Um, you know, just small pieces of stuff. And it's a little ironic since, like, the last season of Samurai Jack, it was initially proposed to him as a movie and he fought for it to be episodes. So now mm-hmm. his episodes are turning into a movie. So it's all full circle in the end. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, like, look, I'm giving you what you wanted. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had brought up Samurai Jack. So I remember now that the first half of that season was really, really great. Oh. oh. <laughs> and the second yeah. half was really... It had some problems, yeah, but I'm yeah. hoping this show doesn't follow. See, see over the animated podcast coverage of the last season of Samurai Jack for more oh, details. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, that show is frustrating because there's some really amazing moments. Right, it's a, right. It's specifically, mm-hmm. I think, episode four, like the snow fight with all of the daughters. Like, that is like one oh, of the most incredible. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. such an incredible episode of television. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a couple things that upset me, but it's not time to get into that. Right. <laughs> Different, uh, show, different show, different show. Different <laughs> show. Yeah. Uh, I just briefly also want to mention that aside from Primal, um, also Tartakovsky is signed up for two movies with Sony Pictures Animation. Oh, one of them, which is an R-rated comedy called Fitzed. And I want to describe to you the synopsis just because oh, no. it is very stupid. But um, it's Sony Picture Animated's first R-rated comedy with Tartakovsky once more on board to direct. Dark comedy Fitzed is the story of an average dog who learns that he is going to get neutered the next morning. It's really funny and heartwarming. It's not all about balls. We're trying to make it a character comedy, Tartakovsky said. When you, Your thoughts, Sarah. When you say what? it's not all about balls, <laughs> it makes me think it's all about balls. It's an R-rated comedy that's not about balls, Sarah. Believe him. Okay, this makes me feel like we're going to get, like, Sausage Party 2. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's Jendi, it's so maybe it'll be better. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know. Uh, what extent is he working on these projects? Is he just, like... 
He, he's directing them. Oh, he's directing he's this. Directing. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, oh, and he, he is also directing a movie called Black Knight, which we have less information on. That we okay. just know it's an action adventure. Okay, epic. Black Knight sounds so much more like something Gendy would make than this ball movie. <laughs> right, which is why I wanted to bring it up because it's uh, imagine going from Primal like this, which admittedly like would be R-rated-ish because blood, but like it's a very artsy movie with like dealing with caveman and stuff and it's trying to deal with it artistically so then going to a comedy that's gonna talk about balls i mean i don't know it's it's quite a turd but you know i don't know it's just weird <laughs> he's really he's really trying to see what he can and cannot like succeed in. like i right. feel like he's really testing himself he's like all right so I made this, like, slightly successful... Like, I made all these other successful shows. I'm going to make one where there's no one talking. And now I'm going to make something about dogs getting neutered. Yeah. Well, like, like, also, like, it it kind of speaks uh, to an overall discussion we've had on this podcast before about, like, the future of adult animation. Because it is getting more and more... um, they're giving more and more opportunities to animation to be aimed at adults so that we don't mm-hmm. have to have animation limited to the children's medium anymore. But there kind of seems to be two directions where it goes. And Gendy kind of is demonstrating both of them. One is either you go for full blood, like um, Primal, Castlevania, that kind of stuff. Or you go for sexual de- deviance, as in Fitz and other shows like Big Mouth. Well, those kind of seem to be like the two directions that adult animation so far has leaned toward which you know i mean there's more opportunities so you will get get like cases like primal that stand out in the in those but also like you have to wonder like could we be doing more yeah well i mean yeah but it's it seems like the trend for adult animation is that it has to be like some type of extreme like you know there's big mouth which I mean, granted, I've only really watched like the first episode, and I I didn't enjoy it just because it, it's it not... gets worse. The yeah. first episode's like the least bad, probably. Yeah, and so and so I'm like, but like that is in a very extreme like like area, and then like you have uh, BoJack Horseman, which is like a very extreme in a completely different direction, and so it seems like adult animation is like these very extreme so okay primal like it's violent but i like i wouldn't sit there and say that like i wouldn't use the term violent to describe the show if someone asked me about it i would just say oh like it's about like this caveman and like him trying to survive he has a dinosaur kind of companion like it's really action-packed like i wouldn't say like oh this is extremely violent so but again like i guess circling back down like it's always like an extreme with adult animation like you have rick and morty which is completely off the rails so in a sense that's kind of an extreme so uh, rick and morty's definitely an extreme i don't think that's that's crazy but but again like that sort of serves like you know like kind of to what i'm saying like we only get these extremes with adult animation and we haven't yet kind of figured out how to like taper it down um, and really nail it. I guess maybe, like, in my opinion, this show gets close. Just because, you know, we're not, like, making crude jokes. You know, yeah, there's violence. But I think it serves the purpose of the story and the plot. So, 
I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, it, it seems like we're just trying to figure out what it is that we're doing. Well, I, I think you bringing up BoJack is a, like an example of maybe the cl- because that that hits an extreme in terms of the emotional drama. Yeah. I would say, and like it has its sexual jokes and it's uh, some. I mean, doesn't doesn't really do violence, but like it mostly on like the sexual. But it's joke. also clever, like, right? And so, like, I I think that BoJack is a is an example of like how how to use adult animation to the abilities that it allows you to, but while still being like a very entertaining and thought provoking form of entertainment i think that movies haven't quite gotten there yet like we're still stuck in this in the sausage party (laughs) level and and fits in terms of like adults uh animated but hopefully tv has gotten to a place where like i think we're beginning to get like you know smart adult animation and Mm -hmm. hopefully we get that in the feature film category as well and i think that prime was also like a step forward in the right direction yeah i think like primal um final space has really good moments too like so i think we're 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 getting there but maybe we just quite haven't nailed it yet yeah Uh, sarah any final thoughts uh, on this or on the show in general uh just that i think that it's kind of interesting watching the um kind of trend that's happening in eastern and western animation in terms of like what's really um the way I kind of see it right now is Western animation is really trying to find its feet in like trying to understand how to like tell adult stories with and get people to be interested in that. Like and get people to not think that cartoons are like for kids. And I think it's a struggle in the West specifically because a lot of people don't watch a lot of stuff unless it's like Family Guy. And it's like, oh, we can watch this, but we can't. But they're not like my parents, for example, like they like dramas and serious shows, but they don't watch BoJack because it's an animated it's show. Animated. And I think it's a pretty... And I think it's a pretty common trend in Western in Western media and West in the Western world. And I think they're really, and I think there's a lot of like differing styles and a lot of differing, like I think there's some argument that like there isn't a lot of difference in Western animation. But if you really look at it, there's like no real like trend between any of the shows we're talking about. Besides like the creators have similar trends between their shows, but like there's a lot of differences there. There's from CG to 2D, Gendy's like really artsy to like to um just to any other show like it just doesn't look like Andy's stuff it's just but they're really trying to reach for that like adult st- storytelling and get pe- get that across to the audience like hey we can we can do this over here too and i think the inverse is happening in, in anime and in the eastern audience where like they have these serious storytelling moments but it's just very hard to like differentiate yourself when all the styles kind of have this um they, 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 it's not like every show looks the same it's not like there's when it's a very an, specific style. style. Like, if you see an anime character, you know it's an anime character. Mm-hmm. You just know, looking at them, like, this is an anime. There's a style to all the shows. And I like that. I think there's a little more happening with anime that they're, like, drifting away from that. Because, like, um, I, I I just think there is. They're, they're trying to make for different... Like, like, Promise Neverland, even though it still has the same, like, human character models that look very anime-esque like the rest of the show has like an aesthetic that just really puts itself different from other anime and i'm not saying that like to be bad or like saying all shows need to do that i'm just saying it's very strange that every single anime has this same style that i can recognize instantly and i don't think that's to its benefits because because it becomes hard to just look at a show and say hey i might like that because you can't be sure every show looks yeah and i think that they're trying to 
And I think some anime are kind of realizing they need to separate themselves from the pack, not just with storytelling, but with some amount of visual design as well. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. And I think the other thing uh, to add to that, too, is that because there's such a stigma um, in Western animation that it's only for kids, it makes shows like, you know, because like, you know, we're obviously not you know children and so uh for me like it makes shows like big mouth hard to swallow because the entire like all of the characters are children yeah it's an animated show but then they're like sitting there and they're talking about puberty and sex and you know whatever and so i think that like I think it's great that people enjoy that show, but I don't think that, you I, that's know, like other types. I don't think it's great. Yeah. But, we'll do- <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying is that I think that like sometimes like shows like that sort of don't help adult animation in West, in the Western like world and culture, just because it's like, Oh, well the only shows, you know, like the only shows that are for adults that are animated are family guy, like the Simpsons, which is a completely different like story, and then like Big Mouth, and that's it. And then shows like that are really good, like Final Space, BoJack, and I would even put Primal in there. Um, you know, they don't they get overlooked simply because they're then associated with Family Guy. Yeah, and, and then I others. it's a struggle. And I think the yeah. other thing is that like they um how do I put this? Like they, um, they go for gross because they want to be like, we're an adult show. We need to be gross or gory or sexual to make sure we, people know we're aiming for an adult audience. And like, there are plenty of anime I've watched where it's just like, there's nothing like it does find hard with like some of the fan service stuff, but like you, there are shows like if you've watched, um, some people know, cause they've watched it in, in this crew. Like given is a show that just came out in last season and it was really amazing. And it was just this adult storytelling show with no real, real like sexual elements to it. There was like romance, but it wasn't anything like gross or crazy. And like, that's normal for anime to have shows like that. And I think like adult animation here, it's just like, you need that like Rick and Morty factor. You need that Bojack, like we're all drunk and we're crazy factor. Like, like, and I don't think, and I don't need that. Like, I don't need that to connect to the characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think that might be like, why, that could also be, like, part of the reason why, like, Jendi did Primal the way that he did. Like, the characters don't speak. They can't, like, this show can't rely on that type of humor in order to be successful. And, but, I mean, it's still crazy gory. Yeah, it's still, I mean, I mean, there is, yes, there's a lot of violence. But I wouldn't say that, well, I guess Samurai Jack's, like, a hard example to put it up against um of his previous works because samurai jack started on cartoon network and then migrated over into adult swim um especially in its final season and so um i think that's kind of like it it was like jendy was like experimenting with like samurai jack he was like okay i'm gonna start this show it's a kid's show but as it gets older, it like, so is the show. You know what I mean? Like the audience is going to change. And so he really almost kind of like pandered to that. Um, and it, I mean, there were parts of like the final season that weren't necessarily the best, but I think that was also just him sort of experimenting and finding his stride with it. So, and I think Primal is just like, sort of like the expansion of that, in my opinion. Huh. 
All right. Uh, that, thank you guys <laughs> very much. I think that that was a, a good and useful discussion. Um, and Alex wants to go to sleep. Animation. <laughs> and uh, I uh, thank you listeners for fo- following us through. Um, as you can tell, we've covered a lot of different kinds of animated shows on this podcast. So if you want to learn more about the other shows that we cover, you can do that at overlyanimated.com. You can also join us on Discord if you want to chat with us about Primal or any other uh, animated show out there. You can find us at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Uh, then you can always support us financially via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Katrin, a.k.a. Patron Katrin. Uh, thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. Uh, besides this show, um, in recent times, um, April, you may know her from her coverage on Miraculous Ladybug. Uh, that has been a very busy show recently. I have not caught up, but I've heard that there are some <laughs> very explosive episodes, so you can hear the, uh, them talk about that. Um, we've already mentioned shows like Final Space, Rick and Morty, BoJack Horseman. We cover a wide variety of adult animation here, and you can and- find our thoughts on those shows on the podcast. Yes, Sarah? And the most important thing is Ruby's about to come back, and that's going to be... I think, that, I think that's honestly the most fun coverage that I have. It's, it, it's, a, very, it's a very unique See, coverage. And I, I very much enjoy Miraculous Ladybug coverage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a really fun coverage. Yeah, so, like I said, Ruby, Ladybug, Primal, all really, really different shows. But they really they, are. They, they are all animated shows, and thus we cover as much as possible. As <laughs> much crowd <laughs> as possible on this podcast. And uh, we will be back if, the, uh, if they end up airing these uh, other episodes of Primal that are allegedly out there. We will come back to, to cover them whenever. But until then, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.